Welcome back, pod people, to our very special Oscars episode. It's special because we're throwing it out on a Tuesday. How's that feel? <laughs> Good. Uh, it's just me, Justin, and Lexi. Hi. Charles isn't here because he hates the Oscars and would all find any excuse whatsoever to not be on these episodes. He probably picked up extra shifts at work just so he didn't have to watch the Oscars <laughs> and be on the episode. He got chronically ill or something just so he didn't have to talk about the episode. I, I don't know. Those are well, my assumptions. I'm not a big fan either, but I feel like I should be here for the show. And I was here last year, and it was important for me to be here because this was the year that Brendan Fraser was up for his award, and... I made a prediction years ago that this would be the film that he would win an Academy Award for, and I totally called it. I said that when I heard he was working with Darren Aronofsky, that this would be the film that would get Brandon Fraser an Academy Award, because I was like, Brandon Fraser working in a fat suit with Darren Aronofsky, I'm like, how can he not win an Academy Award? And here we are. I was like, he fucking killed it. Yeah, that Best Actor Award... It was seemingly like it was going to be Austin Butler's for a long time. And then progressively, Brendan Fraser started winning more and more awards. And it was really like 50-50 between them. And I was really hoping that the Academy was going to go for Brendan Fraser over Austin Butler. Not that I I don't have anything really against Austin, his performance. But I, I just thought that Brendan Fraser's was so much better. And the Academy usually tends to go for the biopics they tend to go for the people right. that are playing real people so i was like Ugh. you know like as usual we usually do like i do these little oscar betting parties ballots Let's just kind of see how close we can get i think last year was probably the best i've ever done maybe it was the most predictable and i'm usually pretty damn close this year i was only four off and it, it really just comes down to just kind of watching what's winning all the other awards and then best guess because there's always something that is going to be surprising this year they were really gunning for Angela Bassett was winning everything for Black Panther for a supporting actress and Jamie She's Lee Curtis pretty great won. though well and now correct me if I'm wrong have, have with her speech because I watched her acceptance speech has her parents her parents have never they've been nominated but never won am I correct in that Right, she's the nepo baby that succeeded. So <laughs> she's guess. so she's the only one in her family who's ever won the Academy Award. Because in her speech, it, it seemed like she was saying, "Like I'm finally won. Our family finally actually got the Academy Award, and I'm very proud to finally accept that for our family." Kind of thing. Yeah, they were both nominated, never won anything. I feel good for anybody that wins. The worst part about the Oscars, and we've talked, we talk about it every single year is that people can campaign to win. You know, like, they'll pour as much money into trying to persuade people to vote for them that it does kind of take away from that, the magic. There's been plenty of people that have went to the Oscars. I think Kevin Smith was one of them. And when he saw how much goes into the trying to win an Oscar, it was just tore the magic away from it. I mean, yeah. it is it is essentially patting yourself on the back, Hollywood patting themselves on the back. But, I think it's pretty special to see a scream queen and a romantic comedy fall guy 
somehow walk away with like some of like the top accolades of the year this year it was really impressive to see them both like get that so i mean not that they're inept actors in any kind of way but you know what i'm saying like who would have ever thought brandon fraser would get an academy award when we were talking about brandon fraser during brandon fraser month the idea of brandon fraser even getting an academy award was like still an unusual concept or idea and now here we are and i was like it's really really proud of him like i I was really getting wrestler vibes off of the news of the whale and i thought that if i was any chance that he has it's going to be Aronofsky. Aronofsky. It's not, the only, not the only way to go, but even Aronofsky's movies, like The Whale was up for three Academy Awards. It won two of them. Didn't Wasn't up for Best Picture, wasn't up for Best Directing. I think it was one of the best directed movies of the year. And at least Brendan Fraser got there. And it's nice. Darren was there too watching. Yeah. And I think that that is like, that t- tends to be what happens. I think it's also a good thing too. Like even if he's not getting the credit, for putting this together. I mean, Brendan Fraser gave him credit and the writer too, who I think I was there. I can't think I've of seen the writer, anyone but... who deserved it more. There's so few people in Hollywood who you can look at and go like, what a great guy. Like, what a genuinely good person. Like, what a person who's been through such terrible things in the industry and had to deal with such garbage and been treated so poorly on so many different levels and had so much abuse in his That's career. That's how I felt about Kaihi Kwan too, who... yeah. Anytime that he's been given a speech, he is, like, so excited to be there, so excited to be around all these other people, and he really gets a second chance, and Brendan Fraser gets a second chance, and Jimmy Kimball was even joking at the beginning about how they were both an Encino man, man, how many years ago, and it's like, yeah, two two people from Encino man ended up winning Academy Awards this year. And that's short round you're talking about? The other yeah. One? That's amazing. Like, I can't think of anybody. Yeah, that's another one. I'm like, short round won a fucking Academy Award. I'm like, that's amazing. His story is really devastating because he beat so many people for that role. He ended up in The Goonies, and then his, like, younger adult, like, he couldn't get into any roles whatsoever. And even this one, he said that they had filmed, and it was like a year had went by. Or I think it might have been the... um. Yeah, after he had filmed, he kept asking the Daniels, like, is it good? Was my performance good? And he's, like, very worried that his performance was awful because they just, I guess they weren't really kind of connecting as they were editing that movie. So you say that you failed by watching none of the movies. I've done pretty poorly, too, because for the best pictures, there are 10 of them. And I usually see everything, but this year I'd only seen, I missed three of them. I didn't see Tar, I didn't see Triangle of Sadness, and I didn't see women talking. They have made it very hard to see everything everywhere all at once. I didn't see it in theater, and it's just come out on Showtime streaming, and I don't have Showtime, and they've the way that they have Showtime set up now is that they have linked it to other streaming services. And so they make you pay an additional fee on top of the streaming service fee that you're already paying to connect it to the streaming services. So it's like, I'm already paying like $10 a month, I think for that uh, Paramount, and they want me to pay an additional $12 a month to have it on top of that. So there's no like 
free trial or any kind of like way for me to like kind of bump in it, there and it's just kind of get it. It's very hard to see any of these movies because even when streaming wasn't a thing, most of these movies, they came out in theaters selectively December 25th and then you can't see them They're locally in theaters until maybe February if you're even well, lucky enough to get it close to you. I told you I was dying to see Marcel the Shell and we didn't go like opening day and Rachel did actually try to take me to it a couple times but like I have a little bit of anxiety about going to the theater so like I didn't go like the, the second or third day when she suggested it to me and when I was finally ready it was only like three or four like four or five days it had been out in the theater and I, lo- I like lost it it just was gone already so like it had a very limited release in the theaters it wasn't there long enough for me to get in there and see it and then it's not been on any streaming services I guess I could buy it, but I haven't even seen it. Like you sent me a link to like buy it. It was a very strange release of how to purchase it through A24. So A24's done this, at least two movies that I've gotten so far, this and Lamb, Marcel, the show with shoes on and Lamb. I believe that they've only been sold on physical media through their website. I don't know why. Desperate to see it. I want to see that movie so bad. And I guarantee you that if it was available for purchase, I'd buy it. Like I would buy that in a second, but I don't, I don't have a lot of money to spend on physical media. Like I'm not, I'm not a baller. Like my job is I'm a delivery person with flowers. Like a lot of my money goes to paying my bills and taking care of like my transgender care. And then like, I have a little bit of money to play with. So like I do buy a movie here and there, but I don't have a lot of money to invest in like large portions of like media kind of in the way that you do, not that, you know, trying to compare myself or whatever. So it's harder for me to invest in like physical media in the same way that you do. And so I rely a lot more on things being released on streaming services, stuff like when they had the stuff coming out on HBO more readily, like the, the, the Warner brothers stuff. Yeah. That was, that was golden for me. I got to watch like everything when it came out. I was really happy with that. And I know people were mad and there was a lot of controversy around that, but that really gave me a great opportunity. And I watched every one of those movies when they came out, like the day that they released and everything. So that was a, big moment for me to have that mostly still happening but it's all over the place like yeah it is i watched all quiet on the western front on netflix the banshees of ear and sheeran were on and elvis those were on hbo i think fablemans might eventually have went to hbo tar was on peacock on there uh top gun maverick was paramount paramount's got top gun yeah triangle of sadness is going to be on the criterion <laughs> a criterion release so i want to see that triangle of sadness and i remember seeing an ad for that on instagram when i was scrolling through one day and i'm like this movie looks awesome and i think i sent it to the group chat i was like this movie looks great and then i never saw anything about it again or heard anything about it again and then i saw it was up for academy awards and i'm like this is that movie that i was like oh this looks really good it has a really great cast i never saw anything about it or heard anything about it again so it was like um so much of like the options this year uh were just really inaccessible to me that was a big part of it like last year i had actually seen more of the movies accidentally like there was i think i had seen like three or four of them and two of them uh we saw for the podcast and then one of them i watched on my own and then there was one i just accidentally had seen so there was four movies last year i had seen and this year i've only seen one and that was because we covered it for the podcast 
and I and I went to the theater and saw it like basically when it came out, and that was the only way to see it. I mean, you might have saw more nominated movies than you think. They just weren't best best picture ones because they did hide things in there that like there's a couple things that I'm sure only got one nomination. For my guessing, I was right on all the short films for once. That's pretty rare because I don't usually have access to ever watch them. What usually happens is they'll, they might play locally, like, oh, we're going to do all the live-action short films. But you can only you only have one day to go and see that stuff. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with the Oscars, too, like, to try to see the Oscars. All the Oscar-nominated movies, they do their nominations in January, and you usually have about two months to see them. But if there's something that's in and out of theaters already... The only time that you really get a chance to see them again is when these theaters will do like their Oscar weekends and the weekend is like they're only going to show that movie once. So like let's say that you didn't see Banshees of Ear and Sharon yet and you wanted to see it. The only time might be like Saturday at nine o'clock at night and maybe you can't do that. So now that's something that you didn't get a chance to see. Right. Overall, though, the reason why I come back to the Oscars is not that anything's ever crazy surprising like i'm actually do think that everything everywhere all at once was one of the better movies it had won the most awards at one seven best picture director leading actress i think the first asian woman to win yep. or at least in 20 years or something diversity was a big thing with this year's awards like when i saw that everything air everywhere all at once was up for nomination like i said like i took all of my money and put it on that kind of thing because i was like this movie is gonna walk away with everything just because of the diversity issues they've been having with the awards i think you said wakanda forever also got a bunch of nominations so they really yeah and it, the... like it's really weird because like wakanda forever for example it won costume design i think that it should have won costume design my bet was on elvis and i mean when you th compare like the two things side to side i think that like they're creating all these costumes from scratch from different types of inspirations and like there was a woman talking it was hair and makeup not the costume part where they I were talking Babylon. about uh, for costume is probably uh good too uh but i went with elvis and i think elvis is like i kind of went with it because the pr my predictions are like if they're doing some tor sort of like victorian jane austen thing that, that's usually what wins right like, if there's like crazy dresses well that's that was my thought process because i was like elvis seems like the right choice like when i was like picking i'm like i feel like elvis would be the the smart choice and i was like but babylon is a, like a 1920s period piece with a lot of flapper costumes and stuff and i was like i see that being the more logical in regards to costuming because it's going to have some really elaborate complex costuming also that movie looks excellent i've been seeing trailers for it more recently and uh i really want to see that one margot robbie was in that like with brad pitt i was like that movie looks i heard that it's awesome. like i want to see it and i still didn't see it before the oscars i think that it is i hear it shit well i hear that it's kind of a mixed bag it's like a three hour plus movie and it has some like amazing sequences in it apparently like there's some really good shit in it but then because of the runtime, I guess half of that movie is not that good. So right. to get to the good stuff, you're really like, you kind of get in too much of both. Right. I could see that. On a prediction level, I thought, oh, Elvis will get it. On a personal level, I didn't think Elvis should get it because yeah. it's more about replicating these costumes that already exist as opposed to, not that there's nothing against that. Like you're looking at photos and trying to make it look like the legit thing. 
actually a lot of costume departments too like i've learned from working in the business they like when i'm like oh they wear all these fancy clothes the costumers make it look like the fancy clothes no they usually buy the fancy clothes like it's not it's not yeah. as uh it's not like what you would think it is unless they're forced to make it like they're forced to make some sci-fi movie outfits that they can't yeah. buy anywhere you buy it and then you make alterations but a thing that I do like about the Oscars, I get people not liking like patting themselves on the back nature of the award show, but I go out of my way sometimes to watch some of these movies and like I watched All Quiet on the Western Front the other night, like the night before the Oscars, and whew, it was a fantastic movie. It was really, really good and I'm glad that I watched it. I vaguely remember reading that book in high school. That's a remake, right? Of the, the like old film, the 60s film? Right. So it's not even a 60s film. I think it's like the from 1930. Oh, okay. And it, I think it was up for Academy Award too. It might have won. Uh but that was American made and this one is actually German made and the an actual German soldier in World War 1 ended up writing the book. It's from the Germans perspective and it's probably the most anti-war movie that you're ever going to watch. Like it's horrifying. It's another one when I had like when I guessed score too, I went for Babylon because I was thinking I think his name yeah. is Justin, Justin Hurts. He's been winning. the. He's won twice already for scores. So that's kind of what I bet it on. And then when I heard All Quiet on the Western Front and it had this like Hans Zimmer bomb thing going on, I was like, oh. That does sound pretty good, but I don't know if that's going to be the one to win. And it was. It ended up being the one that won. I really think the Batman should have been there for score at least cinematography. I get why it's not there because, you know, it's too awesome of a movie. It's too... <laughs> it's made for the general audience. I guess that's how Top Gun was, too. And then Avatar. Avatar won for special effects, which I think that it absolutely should have. I only won eight. What were my eight that I got? I don't you know. You got to tell me what your eight were that you got. What were my eight? Because so I thought you had the list there in front of you. I just have the tally that you got eight right i have what i voted for for everything and what i got wrong but i don't know hmm. i think okay so original song for that rrr i felt like i got lucky with that i didn't watch any documentaries this year international films i did watch eo which is the movie with the donkey that's like a terrence malick stanley kubrick donkey movie okay. i loved it but my Was favorite oh yeah my favorite was decision to leave which wasn't even nominated if you like park shan wook okay all right which i'm sure i'm butchering that name too i used to be much better with being up on the animation stuff because that used to be my thing and i just have been so out of the loop with the animation i usually see everything too i didn't see the sea beast which was on netflix yeah you dropped the ball with marcel the shell yeah so. marcel the shell i failed brendan gleason i failed failed with the whale on uh actress in a supporting role documentary i feel that fire of love though that i picked yeah. that movie looks fucking awesome i saw an ad yeah. for that and i really want to see it that that's why i picked it because i was like when i saw the options on the list i was like that was the only one that i was actually familiar with and i saw the trailer for it and i was like that movie looks insane i really want to see that um failed on short film failed on cinematography i got the whale for the makeup and hairstyling. So that one for makeup and hairstyling, that's good. So the fat suit one. Remember, I wasn't critical on the fat suit, though. So. I know, because you were wrong about it. Um, <laughs> it's okay. But they thought Wakanda Forever was going to win, so. 
That, that's funny. Babylon, I failed on. Um, Actually, yeah. it's kind of interesting because for the for makeup, <laughs> the whale, Elvis, and Batman, they all kind of have like fat suits. Not not on the level of the whale. They make Austin Butler look like the fat older Elvis and Elvis, and Colin Farrell as the penguin gets this like crazy prosthetics for the Batman. Yeah, I remember that. I thought Avatar would pick for or win for production design. I and don't think was there a... was production design. It was there was nothing. All quiet on the Western Front one. <laughs> I know, and I really thought it would in Babylon. Like it seemed like they yeah. really, I for the same reason that you thought for Babylon for costumes, I thought Babylon for production design. And all quiet on the Western Front one for uh, music, which I thought Babylon would have won for that too. So yeah, that's what I voted for. But I like I said when I heard the score, I was like, oh, maybe it Avatar will be all quiet, all quiet score. visual writing, uh, everything everywhere. Man, I like did not pick. I don't know what women talking is. That one for writing. That's that black and white movie by Sarah Pauly. That's like oh, it's I like love a her. full full women cast. I don't know the, the entire premise, but it has something to do with they have to make a decision as to if they're gonna like stay and to take this abuse from these men or if they're gonna leave. I mean, I, I don't so. really know the circumstances that build up to it. It's another thing that I didn't know was adapted off of anything. I, for all I knew, it was an original thing. I love Sarah Polly. I'm a huge Sarah Polly fan. So, I mean, I, I thought the screenplay could have really, really went anywhere because, like, All Quiet is a huge adaptation of a really well-known book. Everybody likes Ryan Johnson, who did Glass Again. Living is based off of Ikiru, which is a Kurosawa movie, which is one of, is probably my favorite kurosawa film so i have a hard time wanting to see the british remake <laughs> of yeah. that movie and i like it's, bill knight but i'm just it's so weird for me growing up with i grew up with sarah Polly because she was like a little girl on the road to avonlea on cbc and so like my whole life growing up i've been watching sarah Polly. like she's kind of my age so i've been watching her like every single day of my life pretty much on tv and then i've been following her film career like since the minute she moved into hollywood and started acting and now here she is like directing and nominated for academy awards and all this kind of shit and you're just like it's amazing to watch this like little girl who started out like in canadian television who's like now winning awards in like canadian or i don't American. even know what entirely happened to her i think that she was abused or seeing the abuse that was happening to a lot of the women and men too because she ended up doing a documentary that was i'm pretty sure she did a documentary on the whole like brian singer abusing she everybody. some shit yeah for sure but yeah she's she's great i know that you said you didn't watch the red carpet which i usually don't but i did this time i yeah. happened to have it on and literally i don't care so much about it but i watched this awful interview with hugh grant where he was a total asshole like it was like one of the worst conversations i've ever seen like the interviewer asked them what he was looking forward to seeing at the oscars and he was like seeing and he, she's like well what, what do you want to see when and he says oh like i don't care and then she asks him what he's wearing and he said a suit and she's like <sighs> well well who made the suit it's like my tailor made the suit who's your tailor he's such an I, asshole i don't know yeah he was like such a dick about it and then she was like, oh, you're in Glass Onion. Uh, was it fun to work on Glass Onion? And he's like, I, I was in Glass Onion for like three seconds. And she was like, 
okay and he's like rolls his eyes as he walks away i like that that was such a dick move dude he's always been an asshole i've never liked hugh grant i didn't even know he was in glass onion he's in it for one second he's like the husband or boyfriend of of uh daniel craig that's so funny (laughs) does daniel craig get gay in that movie yeah he's apparently been gay the whole time but they make fun of it because He's the same character in Knives Out that he is in Glass Onion, and they keep showing pictures of like what he wears in Knives Out as opposed to what he wears in Glass Onion. When you decide that your main character is gay in the second movie, he's just like wearing normal suits and stuff in the first one, and then the yeah. second one he's got these like more flamboyant outfits. Rachel bought that movie, The Glass Onion. She, so we have that here now. I might. I didn't watch even know it. you could buy it. I thought it was just Netflix. No, oh wait, no. She just bought Knives Out. I'm sorry. Oh, Glass Onion's on Netflix, though. It's a Netflix yeah, yeah. thing. I don't know if it'll get the physical release or not. It'd well, be you nice. Think if they, you think if they put the regular movie out on Blu-ray that, you know, they would Well, the first the one, one wasn't a Netflix movie. It was, well, I don't know who made the movie, but it was just a regular-ass movie. Yeah. Netflix bought two sequels, so there will be a third one. And I guess uh, Rihanna, she had a good performance at the show. She did a good job. I saw her song and then lady gaga performed she did the song from top gun yeah i kind of skipped a lot of that stuff i don't really care about the songs some of it's weird too because like in the memoriam stuff lenny kravitz plays and they do it and then it ended with a qr code that's like if you want to see the longer one with more people i mean i don't know i know you're trying to cut time but that's not the way to to do it Uh uh-oh your dogs have an opinion on the awards they're being dumb right now. My neighbor got home, so me and Seth are both home right now, so I have no idea what they're barking at. They think that <laughs> one of us just showed up. Maybe because I've been gone too long podcasting. They're worried about, they think I've left the house or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of really good movies here that didn't win shit that were nominated. Uh, Banshees of Ear and Sheeran is actually a really great movie, I think. I don't think that it's for everybody, but... I found that to be very funny and endearing. I think it looks really good. It's got Colin Farrell. It looks like Colin Farrell at like Pete Colin Farrell too. I don't know what it is with him lately, but he seems to be like a little kid. Like he's overly excited about everything anymore. Well, at least everything that I see him in. At the Oscars when they brought Jenny the donkey out, who is also a star in the Banshees of Aaron Sheeran. He got like overly excited. Like, whoa, Jenny is here. (laughs) I didn't see more than like five seconds of it. But what was the context of the person who was on stage with the bear? Cocaine bear. Oh, was that the cocaine bear? Okay. That that was supposed to be cocaine bear is a Elizabeth Banks. She was presenting the award for special effects because she had gotcha. to use special effects and cocaine bear. So yeah, that was actually cocaine bear that was there. Yeah. I mean, every year, a lot of people, a lot of the naysayers that aren't interested in the Oscars tend to be like, these aren't the movies that I'm, I'm interested in. And I guess that's kind of fair. I mean, if you really like horror, it doesn't really make it into the Oscars very often. Hereditary is a perfect example of, I thought that that might've been something that ended up getting into the Oscars, you know, at least for Tony Collette. And it didn't happen because I'm crazy but they're unreasonable with that like there are way too many genres of film and too many different things that they don't acknowledge in them like like they should have categories for the different types of film there should be a category just for horror just for action just for the different 
types of films like you have an animation division why not have an, a different division like i was thinking about um you've seen it's, it's, it's an old film but like you've seen the film dead ringers right yeah you're gonna tell me that um it's jeremy irons right who's in that yeah. movie you're gonna tell me his performance in that movie is an academy award winning like he's playing a twin of himself and like his performance in that movie is just absolutely incredible and i was like that's that's cronenberg with jeremy irons giving like the performance of a lifetime and that movie wouldn't even be considered for an academy award not even a thought would be processed with that and i'm like it's amazing to me how so many things can be so easily overlooked and so not acknowledged as a proper piece of cinema like that's just a horror movie it's like but it's not like there's so much depth and level to some horror films and there's a lot that goes into some of these movies they're so complicated like what about the lighthouse why doesn't the lighthouse deserve some accolades the lighthouse is an incredible film like well, i would give it for cinematography i think that the performances by pattinson in that movie alone are definitely deserving of some discussion and academy award performance like don't tell me like those movies don't deserve it there's so many great performances out there from there are some action movies out there that deliver amazing performances too like i, I mean they're a simple genre they're a simple formula but i mean if someone's doing the, the best job that they can do and they're giving it their all and they've really put some effort into it. i mean top gun's technically an action film that was up there we had a discussion about that so if that can be looked at and but i mean all they looked at with that was production design and that kind of stuff i'm like okay but like is that all there is is there not more to it like can you not look at the whole of a film and say like this was a really well done version of this like there's plenty to acknowledge in all types of films and there's a way that all these films are built and designed and created that you should be able to as a as a film person go in and go like this is a prime perfect example of this type of film it is deserving of accolade not not just high art high kind of like we as film people can look at a film and go these are the kind of films that people are going to acknowledge as academy award winning and these are the films that people are not going to ever like comedies don't typically ever get acknowledged either and why why not like there are also some exceptional performances in comedies and things like that too i mean woody allen comedy but that's kind of a different kind of comedy than like a typical comedy that would be given to like everyone i think it's i think there's a lot to be said with how high and up their own ass they are in a lot of ways and i think a lot of the films that won this year very deserving and i think when you look at last year's academy awards because i i watched last year's and i didn't fully get to watch everything this year i saw as much of it as i could and what i saw i think this year the films that won there was a lot more respect to different types of films different genres i think there was a lot more diversity and who won and what won i'm glad to see a lot of the stuff that won this year i'm really happy to see some of the individuals who won this year and it looks like the overall award ceremony this year was much better i think jimmy kimmel was a much better host i think he's actually pretty good and like he didn't make a lot of jokes at the expense of the movies like there was something last year where they're making fun of like one of the best picture movies and they're like nobody saw this movie I mean, even if it's true, it's also kind of rude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, these people are there because they're a potential nominee in the theater or in that Dolby theater, possibly, probably not, but possibly there's a chance they could win 
an Academy Award, and that's how you treat them. I think there's a lot of moments from this year's Academy Awards that when you go back and look at Academy Award history and you make those like Academy Award history montages and shit, they'll pull a lot of moments from this particular year. And like, remember, whereas when you look at last year's, they'll pull the slap. You know what I mean? Like, that's all they'll go back. They'll go, oh, remember the slap? It's like, yeah, but like, that's about all we'll remember from that award ceremony is the slap. Because like, there wasn't much else to talk about from that award. Whereas this year... I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis was a big thing to talk about. Brandon Fraser right. was a big thing to Nothing talk about. Nothing last like, year even really like swept. Like everybody won something. Every movie won something. It seemed like there was every some really movie was great. Like like individual speeches. There were some really good individual performances from the musicians. Like I know you were not like a big fan. I I thought Rihanna's performance was really good. I thought she I did mean a good I did job. watch the like, Super Bowl so. I thought, see, that was a bad performance. So it was like... I don't think it was. I think she recovered well from her Super Bowl performance with this one. I think this was a much better performance from her. And I think Rihanna's got a lot of capability of, you know, diversity with her, her range. And She's going to have to do more movies and get her get her shot. Love Lady Gaga. I'm always here for her. So if she wants to perform, I'm, I'm 100% on she that. She won for Star is Born. See, that's another thing. I, I don't know if it's because the her Hold My Hand song is at the end of Top Gun, but I do not remember a Lady Gaga song at all in that movie. I didn't know there was one, and I still haven't watched <laughs> Top Gun, mostly because I don't care, and I'm waiting for Rachel to watch it with me because she's the Top Gun person. So it, You will probably enjoy it, and I only say that because I have liked Top Gun the first one, it's very cheesy and as like a legacy sequel this is not cheesy it it like it completely it i mean it has fun it has that tension and the action and everything else that it needs to have it is a much more serious film than the 80s one. I, I need to watch it because our good friend brian is in it and it's disrespectful of me to not watch our friend brian who, who's tom cruise's body double be tom cruise in his his you know so i should watch it just for that but and i haven't watched ant-man yet either where he's also paul rudd but if you're gonna show him any respect you at least watch top gun don't you don't have to watch ant-man <laughs> i've seen all the other ant-mans i plan to watch this ant-man it's the only it's the only marvel franchise at this point that i genuinely like so it's not terrible it's messy but not terrible yeah i hear that from a lot of people i don't understand the desire to put like tar the fuck is tar and then like i said to you i was like i'm gonna go watch maybe some of these academy award movies i'll try to find them on something or watch something and i saw tar was on uh, peacock and i'm like oh i'll watch this one you know it sounds cool and i go and i read the description and i'm like ah that does not sound cool like i don't know how good tar was but i loved whiplash and that seemed to be kind of similar love whiplash i mean that's a great movie and i'm not someone who hates movies about composers and musicians or any of that kind of stuff but like when i read that description i was like dry it just sounds so dry and and uh i'm like i'm sure it's good but like right now i've like if this is my movie i'm gonna have to like sit down and like plan but my day a, around there's definitely thing, a lot of like, things that are acquired taste because a yeah. lot of the best pictures like everything everywhere all at once is it's like it has heart which is why it's there and the editing is amazing but it it just has fun with itself. I mean, it's not a, a comedy per se, but that's I'm probably dying clo- to see clo- that movie. Closest like, you get to it. The Elvis is like that... Baz Luhrmann. I'm not a huge fan of. I Can't mean, stand I, him. I, I was okay movies. with Gatsby, 
Elvis was all right, but Elvis is like what I imagine doing speed is like. The only Baz Luhrmann <laughs> film I like is his uh, Romeo and Juliet. Outside of that, I can't. I can't do him. He's just like I. I uh, uh, this one's okay. This one really didn't bother me. I, I don't know why, but it it is like it's the typical insanity. But maybe he sticks with Elvis closely enough that it doesn't seem so absurd i didn't and a appreciate lot of... the inclusion of so much modern music elements uh, into there's it. definitely modern music in elvis uh yeah no. I, didn't, I didn't like that at all <laughs> i'm like i didn't understand because i went in uh, rachel was watching it oh you did see elvis i didn't see all of it but i saw enough to see like the scene where he's on the street and there's like they're using trap beats and i was like why the fuck are there trap beats and rachel's like yeah this movie's full of like them including modern music elements into like the old and i was honestly like, i, I think that might be the only scene that really had it i know the scene that you're talking about and it doesn't really do it too much throughout the rest of the movie sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't work i think of you know django unchained where they're using rap music and i was like this doesn't even sound like something tarantino would do to begin with but... is that necessary to do with elvis presley though like just not with somebody who is a musician i don't think so like just leave his music alone and just like try to keep with the tradition it's not even it's not even an elvis like the music that you're talking about it's not even like a version of an elvis song it's just right. a totally different modern song for some reason yeah i didn't even think like that movie was going to be up for awards that wasn't something i was anticipating so well, that's because everybody is making fun of it. And if you saw that, the first scene I saw where I'm like, I want to see this movie now was genuinely because it looked funny because it was bad. That scene where they're listening to his music over the radio and they're like, he's white. And Tom Hanks's character like loses it like he's white. And it's so ridiculous. It's been done a million times. I think that's why you're not going to get a better biopic musician movie than walk hard the dewey cox story that movie's so good it perfectly parodies every single music mu movie of all time yeah to the point where like uh how can you even make anything good anymore like bohemian yeah. rhapsody was like i've always wanted a queen movie and it was that just movie was so not good i wouldn't say it was a bad movie but it wasn't it was an okay movie and an okay movie just doesn't stand out I'll tell you what was bad was Rocket Man. Oh no, I thought Rocket Man was good. Oh no, I was not. I could not get into that. I was not here for I that. I thought that man. was the way to go. I think it's like across the universe. Like you just maybe you're better off instead of just doing straight biopic to kind of do the musical aspect, the music of that artist that you're you're doing. I think there's a way to do it. Just tell the story right. Like don't fuck around with it so much. Don't try to whitewash it or don't try to make it for Chinese audiences or don't try to. I don't know if they're like whitewash, but like take Bohemian Rhapsody. Like there's so many scenes in that movie that are like, what the hell? Like when they're fighting and that I can't remember the actor's name. I'm sorry, but he plays the Hobbit, one of the Hobbits. And he exactly starts like, you're doing about, the yeah. music for like another one bites the dust to break up the fight. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's and then they all come up with the song. And I'm like, that is yeah. the worst like, I doubt that's even true, even if there's a book somewhere that says that's the true version of how this song. When you talk about biopics, I think all of these things, like when you talk about stories about musicians, like, or any of that kind of stuff, that you don't make movies, that you make TV series or things like that. Like, if you want to make a movie about the Sex Pistols, if you want to make a movie about Sid Vicious, that's a movie. He died young. 
Like, there's not a whole lot of story there. You can fit a movie out of that, but like, or you pick a very specific time in their lives, right? Or that too. But like, when you want to make like the story of Queen, I think you make like a TV series, or you make like a you know mini series or something like that. Like, you don't like they they want to make a Michael Jackson movie. I'm like, ah, no. Like, you need to start with the Jackson Five, then you need to move into like his early progression, then you need to move into the eighties, then you need to move into. They're so big that maybe instead of writing a fictional movie, maybe you do a documentary. If you want to do that Michael Jackson movie, maybe you just use the footage of Michael Jackson and you tell the story as a documentary. Maybe yeah, that's documentary. Who's going to do Michael Jackson and do him well, you know? Right. I, I mean, I'm sure they can find anybody. Like, I'm sure that actor is out there that can pull it off. Then at the same time, I feel like they're doing some sort of caricature of them. You know what I uh- mean? yeah my favorite biopic ever is the aviator that's a great movie i think they do a really good job of getting into that character without having to tell his entire life yeah and everything's interesting mainly because he's insane howard hughes is fascinating <laughs> yeah it, he he really is and the they Caprio didn't go did a hard into that job. part of like howard hughes's life though when he's living in vegas and he's like uh, making them the, this one TV network run movies for him whenever he wants. He's like, I want to run this movie now, and then they would like have to run the movie. You know what I'm talking about? I also think too, like you started getting towards that like really out there lifestyle where he was just losing it. Yeah, and it's like you don't want you want to show it, but you don't want to like drag the movie on because it's already like two and a half hours by that point. Like you're getting towards the end. They should make a TV show that's just about that point in Howard Hughes' life when he lived in Vegas. Just that point. <laughs> that, that's what I want. <laughs> That'd be a great show. But yeah, I mean, a lot of them, I, I don't... Biopics, I don't know which ones usually work the best for me. I mean... I think ones about athletes work really well. I, I usually actually really enjoy ones about athletes, even though I'm not a big athlete person. I do want to see the new Nike movie. I think that looks pretty good. That looks excellent. That looks really good. I'm really excited about that. That's a biopic. But it's good, good casting. Like, just about... well, you know the movie Moneyball? That was yeah. a great movie. Like, I really like that movie. And I don't like sports, but like any given Sunday. But you love math. Like the math aspect of it. Like... Uh, you know what? Moneyball was just really fucking good. It was a really excellent film. Like, really great cast. Everything was done really well. Like, it's a great movie. Uh, the Blind Side's a good movie. Like, I don't know. There's Blind Side's about... an okay movie. There's just something about good, like, sports movies. They're executed really well. I don't know. They do a good job with That's them. That's why, like, a lot of the Rocky Creed movies work for me. I'm not a oh, huge excellent bo- films. boxing person, but. Love those knockouts. movies. I like every Rocky film. There's not one Rocky movie that I don't like. I like Five. I think Five is good. I think all the Creed movies are excellent. I haven't seen Creed 3 yet. I'm actually really excited it's for excellent. it. It's excellent. I've heard bad reviews about it, but like I haven't seen anything bad with how they've handled it so far. People didn't like two. I thought two was excellent. I think everything's been handled really well with those. I mean, I think one was great, but one was very close to Rocky one in its story. Creed two is really good in it's like sins of the father. And I think that's great. And then this is like a darker, more personal story with the third one. I don't really know how they're going to keep going if they try to do Creed 4. I would like to see, and I know you're going to like make fun of me when I say this, but genuinely, I would like to see 
biopics start being made about some of these influencers like the the youtube kids and i don't disagree with that because one of my favorite movies is about mark zuckerberg so the oh dude the social network (laughs) is a phenomenal film and like the whole soundtrack done by trent reznor which i believe that was uh one of his first awards i think it was was his very first soundtrack that he's ever yeah And he, I mean, amazing soundtrack. The soundtrack to that movie was excellent. And Trent Reznor's soundtracks, like, it, I was laughing. It's like, it's so funny how many um, people start out with these, like, hardcore gothic kind of industrial bands mm-hmm. and then, then go on to become, like, some of the greatest soundtrack creators and like, like johnny films. greenwood and like god what's this danny elfman yeah uh junkie xl elfman's I mean, weird too because like his band was so out there boingo boingo yeah yeah his, I, I actually like a lot of the songs but i don't know great. i don't know if there is like it's catchy or it's just so ridiculous that it's fun but it's then you a dead listen man's to- party that's for more he still makes music and his oh his new music's like- terrible <laughs> His no, new album it's... that just dropped is really bad. I'm not a fan. Oh, I disagree. I think that it's great. It sounds like one of his soundtracks, though. Like It, it does, for scores. sure. Every once in a while, he'll pop up, and I'll be like, oh, my God, he did that? Like, And then other times, you hear it. it like You hear one little thing, and you're like, oh, shit, that's Danny Elfman. Trent Reznor's most recent like Nine Inch Nails work has been really bad, too. Like So it's interesting how Trent Reznor's were they the like, ones that did the two albums one's just instrumental and the other one was he did that ghosts one that was like a lot of piano stuff the ghosts one through four he had that one that he did more recently had something he did with David Lynch I think too really bad it wasn't good you know what it is it's the fact that it's the heroin once you get <laughs> off of it and find Jesus it just ruins the music I swear to God did he find Jesus yeah, but the soundtrack work he does is phenomenal. I mean, he did that soundtrack for Soul with... Um... I think that his music is still great. It's not what I love the most from him. But I would honestly prefer an artist to, like, try new things. Me too. If you made one great album and, like, ten terrible albums, but at least you tried to do different things for each album, I couldn't knock it. Easily one of the most competent musicians of our lifetime. Like, he's really fucking talented. He can play, like, so many different instruments. Like, he doesn't need other people to do nice And I'm pretty sure he's won the Academy Award, if not multiple times. Yeah. Him and Atticus, Atticus, uh, was Atticus Ross. Ross, Ross, yeah. That's his, yeah, those, that, that's his, uh, score buddy. Yeah, I mean, those guys, I mean, they make phenomenal scores, though. So that's like uh, the last thing of theirs that I really loved was uh, the Watchmen soundtrack for the TV show. I thought that that was great. Yeah, that show was excellent. It's, just, it's, a, it's amazing how good that show was because that movie was terrible. I don't know how they got the movie. So we'll have to go over it someday on our podcast. I think this has been a good conversation so far. And see, that is really what the Oscar conversation comes down to it's it's basically movies in general like hey you want to bullshit about movies this is the conversation that the oscars opened up for us i don't know what next year will be like because i'm like looking at the current crop of like what we're what we're looking at this year for film and i am just like i've been complaining a lot and i know oh you want some guesses i i can't i can't even think because like it seems like all we're getting is remakes and fucking reboots and fucking prequels. And- Definitely adaptations. Killers of the Flower Moon. 
that Scorsese's been doing, and it's definitely coming out this year. Oh, I love Scorsese. It is about the government basically killing the Native Americans and taking over their land. So I'll watch that. I think that that might be a pretty high contender for an acad- for Academy Awards. Uh, there's always other people out there, too, that I keep... Like I said, with The Whale, I was excited because I'm like, oh, that's the new Darren Aronofsky movie. Oh, uh, we're getting a uh, new David Fincher. We're getting The Killer. Comes out on Netflix. Okay. Uh, that comes out, like, November or something. So that might be Oscar contender. I do like David Fincher quite a bit. All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion. Those were Netflix movies. Yeah. I don't know if I'm missing anything else from Netflix. I'm sure they did maybe one of the shorts or something. That seems to be. I'm sure Apple TV will come out with a bunch of fucking contenders because they love doing Well, Apple that. TV is the Scorsese movie. Okay. The killer, the Fincher one, that's, the, that's Netflix. Did you hear about that woman that was doing the Star Wars TV show and they fucked her out of her contract because she was supposed she she was offered something for apple tv and she denied she canceled doing that to do the thing for star wars you're talking about uh the wonder woman director uh what does that mean it actually wasn't a tv show i think it was a movie yeah squadron um, and yeah they away from her they they fucked her on that so now she's suing them with all of that because we talked about that on um brian's show um i feel bad for her though because it sounds like she could have had an oscar contender Okay, it's not the typical Oscar stuff, but Top Gun's there. Well, I was saying, like, because uh, when we were talking about it, like, was it a better opportunity to take, not to go off on a big tirade, but was it a better opportunity to take Star Wars than take an Apple opportunity, or an Apple TV exclusive? And I was saying, uh, absolutely not. Like, I feel like if you want to, like, as a director, um, taking the Apple TV exclusives, I think are kind of better than taking star wars or marvel stuff in the grand scheme of things because i feel like apple tv right now is the place to go if you want to do kind of academy work if you want your like work to be something that people in the industry are looking at like if you don't care about a wide audience watching it and you're more interested in having like high high level approval that yeah. you go with the apple tv stuff so i feel like that really fucked her in regards to her well, career i think too if you're doing a star wars movie and they're making so many now that even if you make a good one like let's say you love people love rogue one right gareth edwards made that movie and i don't see him making anything else right now i'm sure he is that might be rude but it's not like he's not getting the praise for that they're right. like oh disney got one right it's disney that got that got it right so right the screenwriter gary witta it's it's not any of them it's disney they did it right. so it also kind of reminds me of tv like if you're a tv director you got to make everything match everything else that's come before it so you're kind of limited in what you can direct it's not like when tarantino did er and they're like okay we'll let you go a little crazy with this one well, and how many people will acknowledge like the amount of work that rodriguez did on the star wars tv shows that he worked on like he was involved in like a bunch of it, but it's like you don't look at that. You just go like Star Wars TV show. Like, like well, I don't know because he was he was even one of the ones where like he was getting involved in the Mandalorian, and yeah. his episode was great. And yeah. then he was a showrunner for the Boba Fett show, and I thought the Boba Fett show was pretty bad for most of the time. Yeah, the episodes that he directed of Boba Fett were like the worst action I've ever seen, and I'm like, how? All he's done is action. How are his episodes the worst? Because I guarantee that they came in and fucked with... Like, there's no way that show wasn't censored to hell. 
Because the Boba Fett show should have been way more violent. Like, if Robert... Robert... There's, like, a chase scene in the one episode, and I swear to God they're going, like, one mile per hour. And oh, the gets... one on the scooters? Yeah, and they really yeah. make fun of it. That's Robert Rodriguez. He directed yeah, that. And I'm like, I know why, he is did. It... why is it so bad? Like, I mean, I, mean, I just... It... The last movie he did was the Alita movie, and I thought that he did I a thought great was, job he did a great that. job of that, yeah. I mean, he basically follows comic books to a T. He's the best comic book director out there, hands down. I would hand him any comic book. He he knows how to competently translate things perfectly. So, if anybody that has money and is producing things is listening, you might want to look for these passion projects from these directors that are competent. If you really like these movies that any director does, like let's say Aronofsky, I love Aronofsky. Let's say that I really love Final Fantasy. I'm not gonna be like. Hey, Aronofsky, why don't you do Final Fantasy? If it's something he doesn't care about, it's probably going to be a terrible movie. But if he's like, you know what? I want to do this movie about the bees in South Africa. And you're like, okay. I guarantee you, you're going to have an excellent movie. Absolutely. Especially Aronofsky. Like, that's like, that's one director where it's like, what do you want to make next? He's like, I want to make a movie about Noah's Ark. And you're <laughs> like, okay. But I don't want to make it religious, and I want to make it, like, a cyberpunk dystopian future film about veganism. Okay, go ahead. Like, <laughs> you have your way, man. Whatever you want. We're going to need some stars. I got Russell Crowe. Is he Noah? <laughs> yeah, he absolutely yeah. is Noah. <laughs> you got you got it, bud. Which, whatever you need. I'm going to make a movie about a 400-pound man. Yeah, who are you thinking? Uh, Brendan Fraser. It's, it's, uh, you have at it wins a fucking academy award you gonna question him like really like i'll end it back on the oscars brendan fraser said that he threw him a lifeline he really did because yeah he thinks outside the box where it's like he knows these actors that can act and people haven't seen for a while and he can revitalize them and i I think that's probably one of my favorite things is you know even everything everywhere all at once did it with Quan, it's like you take somebody that you know is competent or actually is going to work very well in your story. You get the people that always be like, are they relevant anymore? And I think that's such a dickhead question to ask because people ask about like Rick Moranis all the time and he hasn't done anything in years. But I guarantee if, if you could talk Rick Moranis into being in one of your movies. Absolutely. He would still no kill it after question. like 30 years of like not doing anything. And he would sell tickets in two seconds flat. Like, nobody would, like, question that. They'd be like, fuck yeah. Especially if you put, like, Rick Moranis and Steve Martin in a movie together. Hell yeah. How are you not going to sell tickets? There are some names that, like, shouldn't have a problem pulling people back. Or just, you know, inquire interest. Like, oh, I haven't seen them in years. Okay. Like, Macaulay Culkin. Like, when they brought him back for uh, American Horror Story, that was one of the biggest rated seasons of American Horror Story that they had had in years. And he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, he is way better than I thought. Like, I felt you might be rusty from not having done it in a while. But there's also these these directors, and they work with non-actors. They can get the performances. So, I mean, not, not a knock on him. It's just that he, you know, was burned out when he was a kid. Like, he needed to find that spark again and have a reason to go back to it. Like, he tried with Party Monster. The movie didn't do well. Like, after that, he was like, fuck it. Like, what's the point? It's hard when you're a kid actor. It's hard when you're, like, that young and all that kind of shit. All right, final question, because you're kind of going into it a little bit. Yeah. 
what actor would you like to see win an Academy Award for a whale-type performance that you haven't seen in a movie in a long time? Hmm. They have to be alive. <laughs> but maybe you haven't seen them for a while. Someone unconventional that I'd like to see crawl out and impress me. They could have been like prestigious in an Academy Awards 20 years ago if you want. Because I was going to say, like, it'd be really awesome to see Polly Shore pull up, pull up, you know? <laughs> That'd be and great. And finish the Encino Man. Him and, him and Bobcat. Bobcat Goldwave could be a really good actor, too, when he wants to. Because his uh, directing stuff that he did was excellent. That movie um, that he did about the guy who goes on the spree across America killing, um, like, reality TV stars. That was a really good movie. I'm trying to think of, like, someone that I'd like to see make like a really strong comeback christina ricci i'd like to see her like really come back to acting properly i know that she's been doing like stuff with like netflix and whatever but i mean she's always been a really competent director oh, she's and doing I yellow like, jackets i feel like she's had some real bad like career moves in her like older age and stuff and i'd really like to see her come back and do some stronger roles i don't know though i don't know someone like that would really like i can't think of like a real brandon frazier kind of type what about Jonathan Taylor Thomas? That's the exact type of person I'm talking about. Or like or like a Fred Savage. Fred Savage would be really impressive to see come back to. Well, I think he has like some sexual allegations against him, so Does he really He got kicked off the Wonder Years uh reboot. He was like a director and a maybe oh. I think he might have starred in it or something, but Yeah, he's been doing producing and directing for years after he got out of kid the kid stuff. Uh I'd love to see um Michael J. Fox come back to acting in some form. That would always be something. I know he's got the Parkinson's, but he's been talking about coming back. He's to been it. in Curb. Yeah. He, oh, his shit in Curb was so funny. That was great when he was stomping on the ceiling. Did you stomp on purpose? Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you shake the soda up on purpose before you gave it to Larry? Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> I mean, there's there's some wonderful dramatic roles that he could absolutely take on that he could utilize his parkinson's to do the roles with and stuff i mean i have full faith in him as an actor not to make the conversation go longer but uh, i think he was diagnosed with parkinson's like 1990 or 1991 yeah and he said that one of the first signs that he had it he didn't realize at the time was he was doing back to the future three and he's supposed to skateboard and he couldn't remember how to skateboard. And they were like, well, that's cognitively, that's something that you have the motor skills for that you don't necessarily forget, especially in such a short time. Right. And uh, had it been taken more serious, he might have been able to catch it a little bit earlier. That's a but, shame. Yeah, like, that's the Oscars episode. Bring he was great on Spin City. He was on that for as long as he could until he couldn't yep. hide it or fight it anymore. No, he was my hero growing up. I was a huge Michael J. Fox fan, so I could always be happy to see him come back in some form. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this little special episode. Lexi, thanks for being on with me. Chuck, thanks always. for letting me down again. Oh, and we talked about your favorite movie, Chuck. You weren't even here to talk about Dewey Cox. Yeah, you <laughs> fucked up. We're still doing our food theme. We're just doing the Oscars in the middle of it because that's where the Oscars happen. And uh, on Friday, we'll still have a brand new episode. Stay tuned. Bye. We are Cinema Demore. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. 
find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening.